1: Broadcast has been partnering with Unreached to bring a series called Margins to Mike, hearing voices from the church around the world. And in this episode, we'll be hearing Vlada Stojanovic from Serbia talk about the dreamers of the day. You can find the full notes on everything that is said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 154. So here is the episode with Vlada Stojanovic.
0: Nearly 20 years ago, I heard a famous quote from T.E. Lawrence. He said like this. All men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in a dusty recess of their minds wake up in a day to find that it was vanity. But the dreamers of the day are the dangerous men. For they may act their dreams with open eyes to make it possible. And I think I start dreaming then. I start dreaming about glorious God and his honor in every corner of this world. I start dreaming about the beautiful, bright church, sitting on a hill that everybody can see and everybody can love. I start dreaming of the better tomorrow when the world is full with the God's kingdom and its values. And I think I realized then that world really needs dreamers. Not just any kind of dreamers, but people who are able and they give themselves to turn the dreams in reality. Not the daydreamers. Daydreamers live in fantasy and they probably never give a one atom of the energy to turn the fantasy in reality. But the dreamers of the day, people who have seen something different in their mind, in their heart, in the vision from God, and they want to see that different reality to become reality. Mostly, this kind of people, are dreamers of the day, they go against the current flow. Uh, usually, the world goes in one direction, and they don't like that direction where the world is going. They want to see something different, so they swim against the current. And that's why it's many times for the dreamers of the day, it's not easy, it's difficult because they go against that popular opinion because they've seen something better something the world cannot offer them and they want that better to become reality for everybody there's another quote i want to share with you one of the my favorite quotes is from um, uh, 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 dr livingstone when the mission society wants to send him some helpers and he was a Famous missionary in Africa. And they wanted to send helpers to him to help him. And the leader sent him a message. Message that's read. Have you found the good roads to where you are? If so, we want to send some men to join you. And Livingstone replied. If you have found men who will come only if there is a good road. I don't want them. I want men who will come even if there is no road at all. And my friends, there are so many roads that nobody walked yet. We are probably the ones who are called to answer this David Livingstone's Livingstone's calling and be a man who will go even if nobody walks before us. To be the ones who are making those roads. That is the daydreaming. That is the seeing some bad reality that is still not here. And you actually want with all your heart to give yourself to see that reality, to become a present one day now our dreams are very closely connected to the ticking of a heart you just need to listen your heart closer to hear what makes your heart ticking bible has so many names for this but i particularly like one bible this kind of feeling this kind of dreaming of the heart calls burden the weight you carry something that is on your shoulder that god put you there moses said in one opportunity, he said it, the burden of your people is on me. That dreaming of the better reality, of the better day, it's so many times just a burden of the of the believer's shoulder. And burden that is born in you, when God in his mercy show you his heart and his compassion, his grief over this fallen world. But also, when he show you a future, he wants and future that is building his mind, and he wants to use you to be his instrument of bringing that future in the present. Future so magnificent, so breathtaking that you are spoiled for everything else. The dream that spoils you for everything else. So you want to give your life, every hour of your life, every atom of your energy, to see that future becoming reality. The burden that is in you to make it it visible what is currently not visible. To start to see people, your neighborhood, city, nations of the world from the God's perspective. This burden refuse to justify injustice. Refuse to close eye to the sins of the people and oppose everything that is contrary to the God's character. That is the dream, the daydreaming, the dreamers of the day. Uh, people that, that, that God creates who's going to take his heart to become their hearts. Take his vision to become his vision. To take his dream to become their dream to see the world change. Burden, zeal, enthusiasm. That is that power behind any kind of change in world. Power behind people uh, bringing the kingdom of God. Somebody called this holy discontent. I, I do believe that is a, such a beautiful description of that dream, the dreamers of the day. A holy discontent, something that God's give you that makes you uneasy. You are a happy person, but actually there is some kind of discontent in you because it's still not there. It's just like seeing a picture. There is always a little screen here in a corner of your mind. How things should be. And you can never ever actually be fully happy in this life. Because you know there is a better tomorrow. That you want to be now. To come now. The things that make things your, your blood boiling. So when Romans, Romans 12, 11 says. Never be lacking in Zilbah, Keep your spiritual favor. Serving the Lord. It really doesn't matter if you cannot be enthusiastic about the Formula One. It really doesn't matter if you're not enthusiastic about the football, if you're not enthusiastic about the cooking, about the shopping, about the gardening problems. It really doesn't matter. But it does matter. It does matter whatever the dreamers of the day are enthusiastic about God and his mission. About God and his mission. Paul says, never be lacking in zeal. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fire burning. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual power burning. Doesn't matter anything else. If you are a dreamer of the day, if you're the one who has the Holy Spirit in himself, if you're the one who have access to God's mind, to God's heart, and you can see his love and you can see his passion. It's really that means we are called to have that passion of God to be our passion enthusiastic about God and his mission passionate servant savior deserve passionate followers passion you see the first christians they turned the world upside down because their hearts were turned upside down by God and his passion for them sinners the first christian that the world upside down but that's happened because their hearts been turned upside down by God and God's love for them and God's grace and mercy for them. And that passion gives them strength in their lives to live life in all its fullness. So the neighbors around them could see could see something different in them. It gives them strength to cope with all kinds of situations. And that passion was the perfect wall of protection. Because there has been full of the of the fire of the Lord. And once when you're full with the passion of Holy Spirit in yourself, you're too hot for devil to handle you. It's you're too hot for devil to handle you. So fill yourself with the passion of God. Today's Zil, it's sometimes very much connected with all kind of fanaticism, all kind of superstition, but the fact is Christian we need to be probably more embarrassed that we don't have this kind of passion in us, that we just quench the the fire in us. Not that we have passion, that it's unstoppable, but in fact, maybe we're missing that kind of enthusiasm and a passion. Let me give you a few words. New Testament word for zeal, zealous. It originally means to be jealous, to, to fight for, to burn for something. To try and do something with all your strength and all your will. That's what the zeal means. Zeal. And this is the zeal the Holy Spirit can produce in believers. The the, the Greek word zeal is an onomatopoeic word. That's the words which describe sounds. And the sound that it describes here. It's when you have something white hot. And you put in something cold. And the sound they will hear then will be. And that's the sounds that needs to follow our Christians every time when we are surrounded with a spiritually cold environment. When we're in a spiritual cold environment, the enthusiasm and passion and love and grace and the character of God and the will of God and the heart of God needs to produce that hotness around us. So people cannot but not be burned by that zealous, that fire of the Holy Spirit in us. It is God's desire to get us to the point of boiling and keep us to that temperature. So all the flavor of the Christian life can be released. Just like when you're when making a beautiful meal in the kitchen and there is a boiling point and the smell of the beautiful meal goes all around. That's who we are. That's who we are. Enthusiasm. Another very beautiful word. Enthusiasmos. Originally was used to describe somebody who is obsessed by God. Enthusiastic. Enthusiast is somebody who is under siege. Somebody who is overwhelmed by God. So that means that the most enthusiastic and the most zealous people in the earth. earth Should be a Christian full with the Holy Spirit. People who are under the siege of God. People who are surrendered by God. The point is. Keep your spiritual things in life to the boiling point. It is better to risk things to get overboiled than to never come to the boiling point. El dante is not the word you should use for the Christian. It's not the pasta who needs to live a little bit undercooked or rice a little bit undercooked. You and I should be boiling with the Holy Spirit. We should boiling with enthusiasm. Boiling with the zeal. Boiling with the burden. Boiling with the holy discontent. Boiling with that dream we have. So the flavor of that dreams goes all around us. And catch other people. And feel the spiritually cold environment around us. Question. How does the dreamer, dreamers of the day look in a broken world? Okay. How does that being a dreamer of the day, somebody who's seen something better, how does that look like in a broken world? Well let me tell you from John 2 he says John 2 2 verse 14 in a temple course he found men selling cattle sheep and and another sitting at the tables and changing money. So he made a whip out of courts and drew all of them to the temple area, both ships and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers. overturned the tables. So those who sold those he to those who sold those, he says, Get out of here! How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered it was written, zeal for your house will consume it. In the world that is terribly broken by sin, it will be wrong to not be angry. And Jesus was angry more than once. He was angry with the self-consuming religion without fruitfulness. He was angry with the self-righteous justificism. And my question for you, my friends, how can you look at the poverty in the face and not be angry? How can you do that this balance between rich and poor and not be angry? How can you look at the politician political corruption in the world and not be angry? How can you look at the rise of the nationalism and not learn from our mistakes from the past and not be angry? How can you look at the rate of the failing of families divorces and, and domestic violence and not be angry? How can you consider the confusion of the gender identity and sexual immorality and not be angry? How can you consider the state of art and a culture and popular entertainment and not be angry? How can you look at the state of the church it looks like it lost its way and not be angry? You simply cannot look with the God's eyes, full with his passion, with the dream of something better that can be. You cannot look at this broken world with the eyes of true and a heart committed to what God says is right and good and not be angry at the state of the things in a broken world. In a fallen world, anger is a good thing. In a fallen world, anger is a constructive thing. In a fallen world, anger is an essential thing. In a fallen world, people of character and consistency will always be angry. And anger is something we need to learn to redefine and master that skill. How to be godly and how to be angry. So, we need to master the way of righteous anger that leads to prayer. Okay? That's how we diffuse frustration of anger in us. Not like being a grumpy people, so everybody around us needs to walk in an eggshell or become some kind of moralist or judgmentalist about everybody and just just rubbishing everybody around us or become frustrating people who are shouting all the time. No, that's not the godly anger. The godly anger, it's that it leads you to prayer because knowing that you're on a knees Closing a God's presence, finally, your anger finds some peace. And you pour out your heart of prayer to God and you say, How long, Lord? How long? I'm waiting for this dream to become reality. How long? Please come. Please come and do something. It's when when this anger it's it's causes to find joy and investment of our resources and ourselves in a our kingdom because I know I, I can do something. I can actually not just sit and be frustrated and angry. But actually I can do something with my hands. I can do, I can do something with my resources. And then I find joy in that. It's also anger that calls us to get involved with the suffering of others. Because I want to do something. That's what the godly anger. That is such a good thing. Necessary thing in this broken world. producing the believers. It leads us to prayer. It leads us to get involved with the suffering of others. It leads us to invest and find joy in uh, using our resources for things to be better. It's a tendering giving. It causes us to expand the borders of our concern beyond us and ourselves. It costs us money, time and energy. But it's a good thing. But you know what? Maybe anger is not exactly the main problem with our believers maybe the problem is that that we should be angry but we're not angry it, that, that the, the brokenness of the world around us it becomes too much regular part of our life that we just got used to it so so when we hear the stories and when the news comes about the bad broken things in this world we say it's just that's bad and nothing else instead of finding motivation to go and pour ourselves To see God's kingdom and the better tomorrow come one day. So what makes you alive? It's my question to you. What makes you alive? Because what world needs from you, it needs you with your dream, with your burden, with your godly anger. Giving yourself fully for that day to become reality. What makes you fully alive? Jack London said this once. I would rather be ash than dust I would rather be super material every atom of me in magnificent glow than a sleepy permanent planet the function of man is to be alive not to exist I shall not waste my day trying to prolong them I shall use my time my brothers believers if you're in 50s 15s 20s 30s 40s 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, use your time. Don't turn your life in the dust, turn your life in ashes. Burn for God, burn for God in the magnificent glow. Don't be a permanent planet, be a magnificent meteor. What makes your life? What makes your life? Give yourself. Do you really believe politicians? Our answer to this broken world? Do you really believe that? You know politicians are so easy to spot on the street. Because they walk around all day with constantly licking the index finger. Lifting in the air. Guessing from which direction the wind is blowing. Maybe once they wanted to change things to better. But now they just forgot how to do that. Change will never come from simply re- replacing one wet Fingered politician with another change will come when we change the wind when we change the wind change will come when we stop believing that this time the same old solution will work to change things for better we need to change the wind we need to change the wind we can't afford anymore to let our community and a culture to set up agenda. It's time for God and God's people in church to set up what is agenda in the world. It's time for this kind of things. It's time to world not see us anymore just like a sleepy institution but in society. But what we really are the family and the army of Jesus Christ. And as the people like that we are here step by step to bring God's kingdom. God's kingdom behind every corner of the world where God's put us <coughs> and it will started to dream and not allowed anything destroying God's given vision of better tomorrow I'll, I gotta give you another quote because another one I love this is from the from the novel called Don Quixote. Don Quixote was the dreamer of the day okay and he had a servant with him called Sancho Panza. And in, in one event, they were just riding and Sancho Panza and uh, Don Quixote will look in the distance and describe amazing castle in front of them, with the beautiful windows, with the beautiful gate, with the flags everywhere. But the only thing Pancho, uh, Sancho Panza, his servant could see was a squeaky, broken without roof in in front of them. And he will says, but Master, there is no castle, there is just a, just a broken down inn with the squeaky door. And Don Quixote shout and said, Stop! I will not allow your facts to interfere with my vision. <laughs> I just love that. You can tell me the facts of the world as much as you want. Tell me until you're blue in your face, but it it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, I will not allow your facts to interfere with my, with my vision. There is a new world to be created. And you and I have it in our hands to be part of that creation. And as a being a part on a mission for creating that creation, God's give us everything we need. There is a Holy Spirit in us. There is a God who has the blueprint how things to happen. Don't interfere. With your facts. Yes, it's tough. Yes, God is great. And the better tomorrow is going to come. The dreamers of the day. What is your dream? My dream is to see transformation in Serbia, Balkans, Eastern Europe, Europe, world, wherever God's opened door for me. I want to be part of what God is doing because what He's doing and building is absolutely magnificent. What is your dream? Establish what makes you tick and open your eyes for a dream. Amen.
1: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and just a reminder you can find the full notes on everything that was said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org episode 154. See you next time.